Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Mark chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. It says, Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the scribes who had come to, uh, from Jerusalem, they saw that some of his uh, disciples ate with hands that were defiled, that, that is, unwashed. For this, Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly, holding to the tradition of the elders. And when they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash. And there are many other traditions that they observe, such as washing of cups and pots and copper vessels and dining couches. And when the Pharisees and the scribe asked him, why do your disciples not walk according to the traditions of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Uh, And he said to them, well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines as the commandments of man. You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of man. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, Honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles uh, father or mother must surely die. But you say, If a man tells his father or his mother whatever you would have gained from me as Corbin, that is given to God, uh, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, Thus making void word of God by your tradition that you have handed down and many such things you do. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for today. We uh, we do pray as we talk about uh, the religious and uh, talk about legalism. Um, You know, things that uh, that do happen within a church body and can divide a church body. Uh, we do pray, Lord, just for, for each of us uh, through the Holy Spirit, Lord, allow us to, uh, to hear your word, to apply your word, and to live it uh, daily. Uh, I pray for, for each person here, Lord. We pray again just for Marcus and their business and all the small businesses here in the town uh, uh, and, and in the county. We just ask, Lord, that you just continue to provide the needs Uh, for them and we also ask uh, father god that you be with us for the marriages that are represented here and the families that are represented here we we know um, uh, there's a lot that that happens on a a weekly basis that uh, happens in our lives and uh, we just ask lord that uh, that we would be seeking you in our relationship through prayer through fellowship and in your word lord and um and that we would be spiritually growing we just we just ask these things in jesus name and everybody said amen go ahead and be seated all right so next week actually this is a two-parter because next week when we get into verses 14 through 23 jesus will continue the conversation with them but he'll draw the crowd in 
Um, because we are Calvary Chapel, we are verse by verse, chapter by chapter teaching. And so, you know, we'll be right in chapter 7 next week, and, and, and we'll just continue on through the book of Mark. Uh, Wednesday night, we'll be in Daniel chapter 2. And uh, we just finished chapter 1, and so we'll be in chapter 2. And, and when we talk about the statue and all the things that are coming up, there's a lot of great stuff in the book of Daniel that uh, is very relevant to the time that we're in right now. So we, uh, we hope you get to either watch that online or, or either... Uh, you know, be here on Wednesday night, so at 7 p.m. So I entitled this, A Religious Heart Far From God. A Religious Heart Far From God. We'll look at it in three parts. And part ver- and, and verses 1 through 4, we'll look at the religious gathered to Jesus. In verses 5 through 9, the religious hold to traditions of men. And then verses 10 through 13, the religious hypocrites are exposed. So last week, we, uh, we finished up chapter 6, and chapter 6 dealt with the compassion as Jesus was ministering to who? All. Everybody. Right? Uh, he, he didn't withdraw and not heal some people or, or say, well, I'm only going to heal these people. He, he healed everybody. And, and so one of the things that we see now is now we have the religious leaders. We change directions here in chapter 7. And it's going to be a, it's really a theological discussion that's happening between Jesus and the Pharisees. And the sad part about this is, is because they're not getting that they're speaking to the Word of God. And, and as Jesus is going to uh, handle this discussion like he does every one of his discussions, it's going to be the Word of God that he gives them. And it's very important for us to remember that too. Uh, so when we get into this, uh, what we'll see is uh, just this religious um, discussion that's happening. But it, it's sad because their hearts are far from God, even though they're acting like they are, right? Uh, and we know many people that, that are like that way, uh, that sit in church, but they, you know, it's, it's, it's a religion. It's, it's a legalistic uh, walk instead of a relationship. And so... Uh, our first point here is the religious gathered to Jesus in verses 1 through 4. It says, Now when the Pharisees gathered to him with some of the, of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem, they saw that some of the disciples ate with hands uh, that were defiled, that is, unwashed. So now what happens here is the Pharisees are going to approach Jesus, right? They're gonna, going to uh, come after Jesus again, but this time they have the scribes from Jerusalem. So now it's like they're pulling the all-star team. Okay, so remember the scribes studied the law. That's what they did. That's all they did. And so they're going to, to start pushing and, 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 and trying to get Jesus tripped up so they can say, see, he's not the Messiah. That's what they're there to do. We know that this is, he had three, this is the third run-in. Uh, that happened this, there was two other run-ins that he's had with the religious already in the book of mark in mark chapter 2 uh, verses 23 and 25 both of those dealt with the sabbath it says one sabbath he was going through the grain fields and as they made their way his disciples began to pluck heads of grain and the pharisees were saying to him look why are they doing what is not lawful on the sabbath and then here's jesus this is what jesus says and he said to them, have you, have you never read what David did? 
Now, you're going to see this time and time again. Jesus is just going to go, okay, did you read the Scriptures? And, and that's what you'll see. And then again in Mark chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, as he's going to heal the man in the synagogue, again he entered the synagogue and a man was there with a withered hand uh, and they watched Jesus to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath so they might accuse him. They didn't care whether the guy was healed or not. They were there to catch him so they could accuse him. And, and it says, And he said to the man with the withered hand, Come here. And he said to them, it is, is it uh, lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save a life or to kill? But they were silent, and, and he looked around at them with anger and grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And then here's the key in verse 6 uh, of chapter 3. It says, the, the Pharisees went out and immediately held counsel with the Herodians against how to destroy him. Now the Herodians were actually, would have never have worked with the Pharisees. But because they want Jesus done, they're going to work together. And now they got the scribes that are coming as well. And what are they going to argue and the point that they're going to bring? So this time it's not about the Sabbath. This time it's about something that we all do now because of COVID, which is wash our hands, right? But remember, when we look at the Scripture, we're not looking at it in our time. We're looking at it in the time of Jesus. It's very important when we look at the context of Scripture. This has to deal with a religious thing. If you don't wash your hands, you're not religious. That's how they were approaching it. And so it says, They saw that some of his disciples ate with their hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. And so that's the angle that they're going to try to come at him with. And they're going to, uh, they're going to use the laws that were put in by man. These are, these are rabbis that have uh, added to the law. It, and this happens because the rabbis would be asked about the Sabbath. Or they would be asked about uh, certain laws, like what can we do? And then they would say, well, let me expound on it. And they would write these traditions. And the traditions got so bad that they became a burden to the people. Because if we look at what was said about the Sabbath, right? What did it say about the Sabbath? In Exodus 20, verse 8, it says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. They added all that other stuff. Those were the traditions of man. And so what would happen is instead of the Sabbath being a day of rest, people were scrambling to try to get everything done before the Sabbath. And then during the Sabbath, they were freaking out whether or not they, did I break the Sabbath because I cracked an egg or because I tied up my horse? Those were the traditions that were there. And we have traditions too in the church, Right? There was a once a time when you couldn't go into a church without a suit and a tie. Women couldn't come in without dresses. Is that in the Bible? No. Those are religious traditions. What about tattoos? You need to have those covered up. There's a whole thing on tattoos. You can't have tattoos. Now, I, I grew up with my dad. My dad, you didn't do no piercings. You didn't know no tattoos. None of that stuff. And but at the end of the day, um, you'll sit and tell somebody they can't do tattoos and yet you'll eat that cheeseburger. Right. 
You're telling them, don't destroy your body, bro, with tattoos, but you're, right? And so we, we try to put our traditions on people, and that's what we have to be careful with. Do we have secular traditions? So it's not just religious people that have traditions. Secular people do too. I was reading something this week, and right now one of the biggest things that, that is uh, going on with secular tradition is being politically correct. And, and uh, I think one of the actresses, Demi Lovato, said, well, you can't call them aliens anymore. Now, I'm not talking about immigrants. I'm talking about extraterrestrials. They have to be called by extraterrestrials or else you're racist. I'm like, what in the world? But that's where we're at. Traditions. It's sad. But, you know, one thing that we need to remember is like when we look at and we have to examine, we need to keep an eye on church traditions as well. Because we have to examine it with the Word of God. Does the Word of God say that? You know, what, is, what does God's Word say? One of the things I love, there's two things, two points that we need to remember with, with this is, is when Jesus speaks, He's speaking for who? God. He's speaking for, with, with, God's, with God's authority. When they spoke, they spoke with their own authority and their father's. Right, which is really no authority. Uh, John chapter 1, verse 14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and when we have seen His glory, glory as, as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. So Jesus is the, the Word and became flesh. And so Jesus saves. It's not man's religion, right? And so that's why, you know, we have to be careful about man-made traditions. We had an issue with something that came up about the way of the master in our church. Uh, my old church. Uh, the only way you can evangelize is the way of the master. No, it's not. We have to be careful with doing that because those are man's traditions. Okay, that's kind of an example of it. The next part we see in verses 3 and 4 is actually a parenthetical statement. It's a, in parentheses for the reader. The reason why it's there is because Mark is, is saying, hey, look, uh, these, th this uh, paragraph that's here from verses 3 to 4 is for the non-Jewish reader. So that way they could understand because the Roman wouldn't have, they wouldn't have understood any of this, uh, any of these Jew Jewish traditions, right? And so it says in verse 3, for the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they wash their hands properly holding to the tradition of the elders and when they come from the marketplace and they do not eat unless they wash and the, and there are many of the other traditions that they observe such as the washing of the cups and pots and coppers uh, copper vessels and dining couches and so what we see is now these are the pharisees and this is what what they're they're coming together to to question uh, jesus and next we're going to see in the next point uh, we're going to see the question that comes up. In verses 5 through 9, it, it says, uh, it, in, in verse 5, And the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? Why not ask the question, Why do your disciples not follow the Scripture? Because it wasn't. That's important to get. Right? 
And, and so I will tell you, and this is very important, there is not a bad question to ask. Any question that you ask me, I'll, I'll try my best to answer. But there are some things in the Bible we have to take with faith. And I'll, I, I may not be able to answer them at the time. And, and man, Sarah had one, and it, it, that, that verse in Deuteronomy, uh, where was it at? Was it? No, it was in Isaiah. And it was, it was a difficult transition. Because it was actually dealing with three points in one dealt with the Messiah, then it was dealing with a, a, a prophecy of the 12 years of these two nations that were going to go down. It was, it was intense. But I'm glad I was like, I, I need to see the Scripture. There's not, a, I will spend time and try to answer it. And I'll be honest with you, there'll be times when I'll tell you how I'm going to have to, uh, let, me, let me look it over and I'll, I'll get back with you. And, and, but the question that's being asked by these men didn't matter. You know why? Their answer was already in their heart. They didn't care what Jesus said. They're asking a question knowing the answer that it doesn't matter what Jesus says, it's not going to change their heart. And that's the sad part about that. But that's what prideful people do. And we need to be very careful with that. In Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 16, it says, The horror you inspire has deceived you, and the pride of your heart you have, uh, you who live in the cliffs of the rock, who hold the height of the hill, though you might uh, make your nest as high as the eagles, I will bring you down from there, declares the Lord. James chapter 4, verse 6, But he gives more grace. Therefore it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we can, we need to be very careful with our religious convictions and that we are not too prideful in trying to put them on other people, right? And, and so uh, one thing that I, that I love is that Jesus is going to respond. And like I said, Jesus is going to respond with the Word of God. He's going to tell them it is written. It is written. So whose authority is he speaking on? God's. He goes straight to God's Word. Right? That's why the Word of God is so important and should be important in the Christian's life. Spending time in it daily. Right? I, I can identify as a Christian uh, in my faith because I follow Jesus Christ because I believe what He did on the cross and because He's forgiven my sin. But I need to be able to understand that there are going to be times when people will ask questions about God's Word and we should be able to answer them as a Christian. It's, and, and there are a lot of people following stuff today that they need answers. But Jesus, this is a, a, the, a, the main point that we should get from this. My opinion does you no good. God's Word does. So if I give you God's word, it's because, look, that's, gonna, that's a firm foundation to stand on, right? Uh, my opinion, you know, it's just my opinion. And I love that Jesus does this. He's like, it is written. And so we need to remember that one of the things is Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes, right? 
Some Christians will be, and this is Victor Mark said this, some Christians will actually be sitting at the same tables that Jesus is flipping. Think about that for a second. And the reality of that is, is that we need to draw back and come back to God's Word. We're not supposed to follow man's tradition, right? And Jesus is, we forget that Jesus crafted a whip. We love the hippie Jesus, right? Everybody loves the Jesus of love and mercy and grace. But when we forget that he's a just God. Right? Remember, Peter, Peter, <laughs> I love Peter because he, he draws his sword out when they're going to take him away. Uh, Jesus and, and uh, actually chops the guy's ear off. And uh, I love what Jesus says. He says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 56, he says, But all this has taken place that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Right? He goes back and he gives them God's word. Same thing as, as Jesus is being tortured, right? In John chapter 19, verses 28 through 30, it says, After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said to fulfill the Scripture, I thirst. I thirst. A jar full of sour wine stood there, so that they, they put a, a sponge full of sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. And when Jesus had finished the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Even in his dying breath, he is speaking the word of God. Right? And even as he's, as he's dead on the cross, we see that the word of God was still being fulfilled. In John chapter 19, verses 33, it says, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his leg, but one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. And he who, has, uh, who saw it uh, bore witness, his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth that you also may believe. His, his side is pierced and blood and water is poured out. And what comes out? The Word of God. Because this young man says that his testimony is true. This was who they spoke of. And for these, and I love verse 36 in John 19, it says, For these things took place that what? The Scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And again, another Scripture says that they will look on him whom they have pierced. See, we love Jesus that we, you know, we'll say that we respect and we honor uh, Jesus, we love the teacher, we love the, the mercy, we love the grace, we, we follow Jesus, but you go, but I have a problem with this in the Bible. If He's the Word of God, you have a problem with Jesus. See, that's the problem. And that's where the struggle is. In John chapter 1, verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and, and the Word was God. See, you can't claim Jesus to honor, to love Him, to follow Him, and draw doubt and question Him, and question His Word. 
Because what's happened is you've created a fake Jesus that you've created. Something that you like. Well, I think Jesus, well, Jesus doesn't believe in homosexuality. I have a problem with these scriptures because I think these scriptures are, were from the past and they don't, they don't line up with today. Well, that's wrong. That's wrong theology. That's wrong thinking. And so what happens is we, we want to, in this modern world, we want to be God. Because when you question the Bible, something that's inerrant, that's without error, you're questioning the Word of God, which is Jesus Christ. And if you're going to follow Him, you're following Him and His Word. And so we should, we should understand the author of His Word. That's why I spent that time in this. Let's pick it up in verse 6. And, and this is Jesus speaking here from this point on. And He said to them, Well, did Isaiah prophesy of you hypocrites? That is as it is written. Like if you had it, just remember that Jesus always gives Scripture. This people honors me with their lips, but they, their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines of the commandments of man. Right? And, and it, one of the things that we see is that the heart is far from him. I'm going to let that train get by. Man, we got two this week. That's awesome. But usually, last week we didn't get any. This week we got two. So things are moving, right? It's, it's always a reminder that the supply chain is going through divine, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> one of the things we need to remember is we have people that attend church, but their heart is far from Jesus. We have people that will read the Bible, but their heart is far from Jesus. Or people that do ministry and their heart will be far from Jesus. It's a good heart check for us. And he says in verse 8, You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. Uh, if we be, if we're, we're honest about this, a lot of Christians in 2020 decided to hold to the traditions of men and not to the commandments of God. Right? Just look at how people voted. We had people that were Christians that actually voted for people that were for abortions and try to justify it. it. It doesn't work. If you believe in God's Word and you follow God's Word, it says thou shalt not kill. And that Jesus, it says that God created, created them in the womb. Right? Now, I'll tell you, it doesn't matter if it's Republican. If Republicans for abortion, I'm not voting for them. I don't care who they are. Okay? I have to go by what God's Word says. I can't hold to the tradition of men. And we had a lot of Christians that held to the tradition of men and got pulled away into some stuff. And, and now that's where we have a lot of people that have fallen into this progressive Christianity that's going on now. Because they go, well, I, I don't really agree with this part of the Bible, but these people over here, they, they, don't, they don't agree with it either, so I'm going to go over here. And their heart is far from God. They're playing religion. They're playing religion. Verse 9 says, And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment 
of God in order to establish your tradition. So when you, this is very important, when you pull away from God's Word to hold to the tradition of men, you're divorcing from God's Word. You're, you're divorcing and separating yourself from God's Word. And, and so for us, it's, it's a heart issue. And next week we'll talk about that because Jesus is going to deal with the heart next week. What defiles the heart? Uh, I would love to tell you that the sermon's going to get easier next week. It's probably going to be a little harder next week. Um, but it, remember, I have to live it out during the week. So for me, I'm like, I'm, I, we, I, I want to make sure that we give you all the truth. I love y'all. And I know that there are messages that are hard. I talked about that this week uh, in the devotion. is like we don't ever want to be harmful or hurtful in a message, but we cannot hide truth from you. And sometimes it is because uh, I have sat in those chairs, not these, but at my other church. And when Joe said, and it wasn't Joe saying, it was God's word that just went straight to the heart, down through the bone into the marrow. And convicted me. And you're like, whoa, what was that? But you have to, you have to be willing to understand that there's going to be times when you're going to be sitting in these chairs and you go, and you'll be walking out of here dealing with that stuff. And it's okay because it's God's word. That's what God's word does. It, it, one of the things that we have to remember is that we we don't allow traditions of men to take place of the truth of God's word. Okay? We can't do that. The last point is uh, the religious hypocrites were exposed. And Jesus is still talking. So this is verse 10. Jesus still speaking. Uh, For Moses said, Honor your father and mother. And whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But if you say, if a man uh, tells his father or his mother, Whatever you have gained from me is Corbin, that is given from God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother. And you're probably reading that and you're going, what in the world is all that, right? Why did Jesus bring this up? And let's, let's unpack that real quick. In Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, we know what Scripture says about your father and your mother, right? Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. There's a promise to that, right? There's a promise to that. Like if, if you honor your father and mother, your days may be long, right? Exodus chapter 21, verse 17, whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. That's why he says, whoever reviles their father or mother must surely die when Jesus says that. Again, Jesus is just pulling from Scripture. Deuteronomy 5.16, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you. That your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. And he tells them, but if you say if a man tells his father or his mother what you would have gained from me is Corban, that is given to God, right? So that, that was something that stood out to me. What is Corban? Right? That's not a word we hear every day. Okay? So what that word means in the, in the Strong's Concordance is it means a gift offered 
to God. And so what they did, and, and I'll read you Matthew chapter uh, uh, 15, verses uh, 5 and 6, and I'll explain it just a little bit better. He does a better job in his gospel to explain this. He says in Matthew 15, verses 5 and 6, But you say if anyone tells his father or his mother what you have gained from, him, uh, from me is given to God, he need not honor his father or mother. For the sake of your tradition, you have made void of the word of God. So what they did is a gift that was supposed to go to honor their father and mother. They said, that's the Lord's. That's God's. So I don't have to, all this financial stuff, all this stuff over here, it's God's. So I can't honor you because I don't have anything. That's all God's. That's what they did. And that's why he said, you hypocrites. You're telling my, my disciples they need to wash their hands and you're not even following the law that you're telling people to follow. It's like they found a little loophole to do what they needed to do. And so they would invoke avoiding helping their parents. So they were like, I don't have to help my parents. Now anybody who has elderly parents, my wife's dad had passed away. Um, and my, her mom is, is a widow and she needs help. And she has the early stages of dementia. And so all five of the kids are helping where they can. That's what we're called to do. I remember uh, an artist, this is one of the things I love um, about small towns and about Hispanic culture and about Hawaiian culture. One of the things that they teach is they teach about taking care of your, your elderly. It's something that they don't just teach, but they show you by doing it. And Willie Kay, was, uh, he was an artist from Hawaii that I remember uh, when I was stationed in Hawaii at Schofield Barracks. And I remember him uh, in an interview and he said, you know, a guy asked him, well, where are you at right now? What stage? Why don't you perform like you used to? And he goes, you know why? He goes, my mom and dad are, are sick. And so what I do right now teaches my kids how they're going to take care of me when I get to that point. And that's, the, uh, that's, that's what we should be doing as, as a culture. And so we have an obligation, but these, uh, these guys, Jesus called them hypocrites. And he was rightly to judge them because... What they would do is, and that's what we need to be careful with, is because we can use the Word of God as a weapon at times. And, and that's why legalism in a church is, is a dangerous thing as well. You may have somebody, I remember we had somebody at a, uh, we were doing, me and Vic were doing security for a show and, and uh, basically hospitality. Uh, for it and the guy that came in that was coming in and speak had tattoos all over his face now for me i remember before he ever got there it was a struggle because i was like how am i even going to be around this dude man i don't even you know i i don't even like tattoos or i don't even and i was going through all of this stuff and i remember the lord just got a hold of me and said you know what you need to love on him And I knew Bob, the guy who brought him with him, he was going to speak. And this young man's testimony is unbelievable. Um, his mom got cancer when he was 13 years old. And um, he blamed God for that and fell into a really dark lifestyle. And then eventually came to know Christ in prison. 
And he came in the door and I gave him a huge hug. Because I was like, you know what, I need to love on him and I need to get past this because this is a, this is a religious tradition. This is something that I'm, I'm trying to impose on somebody else. And, and uh, later on that evening, Bob had looked at me and he goes, you realize that's the first time anybody's hugged him since he's been out of prison. And I was like, did I do something wrong, man? Because I was like, was I not supposed to hug him? <laughs> but he was like, no, he just, it, nobody, everybody, because of the face, tattoo, the tattoos, they, they keep him at a distance. But yet he's a child of God. And so we need to be careful with that. And, and, and so for us, I mean, we, we all deal with different things. But remember, the one thing that if you get out of this study, as Jesus is dealing with all of these things, remember it goes back to even when Jesus was on the road to, AM, uh, to Emmaus. Uh, in Luke chapter 24, verse 25 through 27, it says, And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, what is not necessary that Christ should suffer these things and into uh, enter into his glory and he began with Moses and all the prophets and he interpreted them and all the scriptures the things concerning himself he breaks open the word of God and that's a, a something for us too and we need to break open the word of God if you if you've allowed something to become legalism and, and I'm gonna tell you legalism is highly contagious it can become highly contagious in a church it's like a bad virus that, that spreads to the church. You start making a list of things that people should and shouldn't do. Um, it, it produces self-righteousness and pride. Right? Because you're keeping scores and standards. And, and it, it, legalism divides people because it makes them choose. And it also, sometimes when somebody's so legalistic, it, it can, they don't see God because all they see is a drill sergeant. A list of rules. There's not a Savior. Jesus is a drill sergeant. No, that's not how that works. There's freedom in Christ, right? There's joy to serve the Lord. But when we start adding all that stuff on, it becomes a burden. And it, it just weighs us down. It really does. I love what they said after they, they were with Jesus. They said that in Luke chapter 24, verse 32, the two men that walked with Jesus on the road to Emmaus, they said, did not our hearts burn? Did not our hearts burn? And yet, here is Jesus with these religious leaders, and he's telling them their heart is far from me. That's what religion does. And so what's our application? Real quick. Application number one, and I give you all these, this is up to you. I mean, you, it's just a question to, as we go through the scriptures today. Do you love to follow Christ but have trouble with the Bible? You need to address that. Because God's word is inerrant. It's without error. Um, it's as relevant today as it was, you know. Um, and one of the things that's really amazing is that you have access to the Bible. The, the, when they went to the synagogue, it was oral traditions. They had to go because they, that was the only time they could hear the word, is in the synagogue. 
you have it on your phone, you have it in a book, you have it on a tablet, you can access it pretty much anywhere. And, and you need to be like Christ and, and access it and use it. Right? Second, have you allowed your walk uh, with Christ to become very legalistic? And have you weighed down and created burdens with man-made traditions in your life? Right? Um, we need to be careful. Remember, Jesus is, is a savior, not a drill sergeant. Okay? If, uh, you know, if, if, if you're trying to live a very legalistic, uh, religious life, it's tiring. It really is. And, 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 you know, we have to be very mindful of, of checking, checking our heart, you know, asking God to, to, you know, reveal those things that are, you know, if you, like for me, I, when I, as a kid, we grew up in a very legalistic type church. It was a Catholic church. Kneel, bend, bend, you know, you knew all the things you had to do, but the heart was not there. I can remember I knew how to do all the stuff. I could probably still get away doing most of it at the church today if I went to a Catholic church because I still remember it, but my heart was not there for Christ. It was a religion. So lastly, uh, have you made void the Word of God for the sake of man's tradition? Like you've, you've created some traditions of your own and you've, you've allowed things in your life that go against God's word. And, and uh, in 2020, a lot of people did that. A lot of people did. You know what? Get back up. Let's get back to it. We can't do anything about it. It's built milk. We need to repent and, and get back at it. Right? God loves you. God forgives you. God, God wants that relationship with you. But remember, when you begin to pull away from God's word, you're divorcing and separating yourself from God's word. And that creates a heart far from God. Okay? Let's pray. Uh, Father God, we do thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for this time. We do pray. This is a rough message, and I know... It's a lot to unpack, and we're going to come into the second half of the conversation next week and uh, as we deal with the heart uh, and what defiles the heart, Lord. I pray uh, that you would just do a mighty work in each of our lives, Lord. You speak to our hearts and, and allow us application. We thank you, and we ask that you bless everyone on their way home and those that are watching online. Uh, we ask that you just continue to be with them. Bless the marriages. Bless the families. Bless those that are here, Lord, and, and we just ask that you just continue to do a mighty work in this city, in this county, and uh, we thank you so much just for all that you do, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.